Joe Vickers. One of the most twisted psychopaths we've ever come in contact with. Notice the pentagram. Vickers is a Satan worshiper. It must make him real strong because the last time we had to deal with him, he got shot six times and stabbed in the stomach by a long wooden stake. And I mean all the way through. Kind of like your friends here. And that didn't kill him? Barely slowed him down. The kids that did it to him left him for dead and went for help. And when we got there, we couldn't find a body. We assumed he was dead until the killing started again. When was that? Oh, just this evening. We found the body uh, of your friend in the dumpster outside. Our friend? The, the brunette. I, I'm assuming she's your friend because all three of you are dressed alike. Wait a minute. I thought you said she was the one that called this in. I thought you said she was okay. How the hell should I know? What have I got, crystal balls? But you said that I don't care what I said. You're trying to impede my investigation? No, sir, I just... Shut up! None of you is uh, above suspicion. I thought you said it was this Vickers guy. No. You're confused, little lady. Police officer Joe Vickers. Your service. Listeners, it is the GoPro Scorecast, uh, episode 46. Um, oh, it could well be. Is okay. it 46? Let's have a look. 49. This yeah, is how no, that sounds right. Uh, it's Christmas Eve. It uh, is. And I've only wrapped two fucking presents. <laughs> yeah, it's 46. Uh, I am your host, Dangerous Jamie, and joining me as always is my favourite little elf, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi. <laughs> that was a weird one. Yeah. So it's Christmas Eve. It is Christmas Eve. That's exciting, I guess. Sort of. I'm not a big fan of Christmas. No, me neither. <laughs> this is going to be cheery then. <laughs> I'm actually annoyed because um, I'm spending Christmas with my with my girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, and her family, and it's ruined my um, my routine. <laughs> Basically, I spend every Christmas day, well, every Christmas day for the last six years watching um, Werner Herzog's Fitzcarraldo, followed up by the documentary Burden of Dreams. <laughs> which is it. That's, that's just how I spent my Christmas for the last six years. That sounds super festive. Yeah, but I, I can't do that this year. <laughs> Would they not be up for that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Probably you can not. suggest it. Lie about both of them. Well, they're... Everyone celebrates Christmas by bringing opera to the savages, right? That's yeah. That's how it works. I thought so. But yeah, it's not happening, which is rubbish. What What are you doing? You're just at home, aren't you? 
Um, yeah, I am home alone at the moment. Soldier. Yeah, but um, make sure you set up loads of traps and jump on the bed and stuff. In case Joe Pesci tries to break in. I mean, if Joe Pesci broke into your house, <laughs> how fucking terrifying would that be? <laughs> that would be really, really terrifying. And Daniel Stern in tow. I mean, Daniel Stern, <laughs> not so much. He's kind of a goof. But Joe he's, Pesci. He's so tall, though. <laughs> is he that tall, or is he just movie tall? I don't know. Maybe he's just compared to Joe Pesci tall. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, today it's the last week of. Um, what is it? High school oh, horror. High school. High School Horror Month. <laughs> it's been so riveting, about. we've forgotten what it was. Uh, we're talking about student bodies from 1981, mm. uh, which seems to have had a fairly troubled production history, but we'll get into that later on. Okay. Before that, uh, as always, we're going to talk about stuff that we've been watching. Ooh. Yeah, we are. Um, let me kick it off, because I've watched a decent amount of stuff. Okay. <clears throat> um, I This... this I, I kicked it off with, I sort of watched half of it before we recorded the last podcast and then I finished it off in the morning uh, after we did the podcast last time. And it was um, The Sweatbox from 2002, okay. which is a documentary about um, the making of The Emperor's New Groove. Oh. <laughs> it's really good. Like, um, it's, it was made by Sting's wife. Sting was sort of hired to write all the music for it. Uh, and it was meant to be this epic sort of almost like Lion King-esque um, story about the history of the Inca and like all of that stuff. And then it, it sort of shows all of Disney's horrible processes, how it's all, um, how pretty much everything in the animation department is controlled by these two people who can just decide if they don't like something and then like five years of work just gets shit kind and they start again. Oh. Um, Did it shatter really some childhood dreams? I mean, I've never been a big Disney-like animation guy. Okay. I've always been more of a Disney live-action guy. But um, it was really interesting to watch. And there's some really fun interviews with David Spade. And I like David Spade. So Inexplicably, yeah. yeah. He's great. He's <laughs> like a really fun bloke. I mean, obviously he's a dick. <laughs> and if I met him, I'd think he was a dick. But if I knew him since I was a kid, I'd think he was amazing. Do you know what I mean? Does that um, make sense? Sort of. I bet if you're friends with him, then he's a dead cool guy. But if... If you met him and were like, hi, David Spade, he'd be like, uh, fuck off. <laughs> There's every Spade. possibility, yeah. Um, but I would recommend that. Um, it, sort of, it sort of holds up a mirror to Disney. Um, they tried to suppress it. It's, it's not really available anywhere, but I found a copy of it. Um, Sting gets shafted. It, basically, it's a film with Sting in it, and Sting doesn't come off as the biggest prick in it. Oh, wow, okay. So that just goes to show you what, what Disney are like. That's always interesting. At one point he does say, I'm going to the Himalayas and I might not come back. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Um, I just watched, I watched mostly documentaries this week, it seems. Um, I also watched uh, Game Over, Kasparov and the Machine, which is a, a documentary that sort of is basically exists to say that IBM rigged the 2007 rematch between uh, Deep Blue and Gary Kasparov uh, because the computer made some like non-computer-like moves. Um, I love Gary Kasparov. He's, if, if such a thing can exist, he's my favourite chess player. Um, <laughs> That's quite niche. Yeah, it is. Um, 
I mean, we've never really talked about this, but I'm, I'm really big into chess. I read a lot of books about chess theory and I did not that know stuff. that about you. Yeah, I really, I love it. Okay. So, um, but as a documentary, it's, it's very one-sided. And I already know, like, how I felt about it, so it didn't really change my opinions. But if, sort of, if you go in sort of um, a bit floaty and not really knowing where, you're, where you stand, <laughs> definitely will bless you it'll definitely influence you uh towards a certain uh, point of view and i don't really like that in a documentary but whatever there's loads of casper off and that's fucking great <laughs> go on okay. do some do some what did i watch um i yeah, watched adventureland ran out of friends you all i feel like you watch adventureland every week <laughs> no i've seen it like three times now um, this week no <laughs> three times ever and I find it really interesting because I don't like Jesse Eisenberg. I would go as far as to say I fucking hate Kristen Stewart. Well, we've discussed this. At length. So I'm not going to go into it again. <laughs> but it's a film that I really love, regardless. I kind of hated it. I watched it yeah. and thought it was really dull. Yeah, most people do. But it's, I don't know, it's got that kind of freaks and geeks vibe, as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah, I can see that. That weird sort that. of, the, the term that we've talked about before, like that borrowed nostalgia thing. Yeah. And I really, really dig that. Um, it is kind of boring, and it's too long, and the ending's annoying, but, yeah, I enjoy it. It really annoyed... Ryan Reynolds' character really annoyed me, and not in the way that he was supposed to. How so? Just because he's such a fucking douchey idiot, and, like, that's what he's meant to be, obviously. Well, yeah. But, like, it just... I don't know, it annoyed me on some sort of level where I think... Like, I know people who are like him, and that, that annoyed me a lot. I don't know, whatever. Fucking Ryan Reynolds. He's very <laughs> handsome, so I'll let it slide. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, another one I rewatched. I've rewatched loads of stuff, actually. Right. Um, one that you particularly enjoyed recently, I think. Um, I rewatched Excision again. Rewatched right. it again? No, just rewatched it. Well, it depends how many times you've watched it, doesn't it? <laughs> just twice, so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I didn't like it. No, I know. Um, and I don't want to talk about this too much because we're still hoping to do kind of an end-of-year wrap-up at some point, aren't we? Yeah. We've um, definitely talked about it within the last, like, two months, haven't you? Yeah, so I'm not going to go into that. But, yeah, it's a film I still really... So it holds up like. to repeat viewings? I thought so, yeah. I mean, maybe... If you like it in the first place, well, I guess. yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> if, you did, if you hated it on first viewing, it's probably not going to grow on you. Um, yeah. But it, I found it quite interesting because it was, I watched it with someone else um, with the sole purpose of introducing them to the film um, for the end of year show. Right. Um, and I don't know, I always found it quite interesting with films like that because it is so incredibly divisive and it's hard to gauge whether somebody's going to enjoy that sort of film or not. But it went over yeah. really well, so I was pleased. That's good. Yeah. Right, let me do a few more. What are, what are your opinions on Patton Oswalt? Um, I don't know. He seems all right. He he voiced one of the frat aliens in Aquatine Hunger Force. Definitely did. <laughs> I, he's not a person that I know a lot about. He crops up. He's one of those guys. Like, he's got a very distinctive face. Yeah, like, well, he's been in lots of stuff. Yeah, um, bit parts mostly. He's currently sort of... Um, one of the sort of B characters in the new series of Burn Notice. Okay. 
And so um, I like Burn Notice a lot. So I went back and had a look at some of his other stuff. I watched some of his stand-up, and I feel like I should really enjoy it because it's aimed at me, <laughs> but I don't. I think it's fucking terrible. Oh, no. Like, there's at one point where he talks... There's one bit where he talks about um, Deathbed, the bed that eats. Yeah. And, like, surely... That's that's very niche comedy, and he's a like a big time comedian, like he's well known. Mm. Um, but like, it's just not very funny. No, that's a shame. Um, but I watched Big Fan, which he's he stars in, which is uh, um, a sort of weird. It's got Kevin Corrigan in it as well, and it's a sort of a, a look at these sort of people who are huge fans of whatever. But this, he's particularly he's a American football fan, um, and it's really really fucking good. Okay. It's like a little dark internal thriller, mm. and Patton Oswalt just fucking nails it. Absolutely nails it. That's cool. I think when he's given the right material, he's a really fucking good actor. Because he was in um, I don't know if you've seen Young Adult, which I think is Diablo Cody's last film or last Hopefully. scripted film well not ever <laughs> I wish it was yeah it's the only one of hers that I've actually sort of enjoyed actually but that was mostly for the performances what was it called young yeah. adult young adult yeah it's um it's Patton Oswalt and Sholly Theron well it's her film mainly but he's a fairly prominent role in it and he's really great right. so yeah you might enjoy that excellent I've, I've made a note I'll have a look okay. um I, yeah I thought Big Fan was absolutely brilliant and I would recommend it to everyone cool um, maybe more so if you don't like uh, football or American football depending on where you are okay because um, from what I've read they sort of don't get that stuff very right mm. but like for me yeah, it makes no fucking difference <laughs> I'm swearing a lot today Jesus um, yeah to me it makes no difference but like if you're one of those guys if you basically if you're Patton Oswalt's character, it might annoy you. Okay. <clears throat> um, and it's also got Michael Rappaport in it, and that's great. Okay, you're a fan of him. Um, or I'm, do you just I'm like saying of, his name. I'm a fan of him in small doses, and he's got a small role, and it's great. He's very samey. Well, I mean, he's 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 that one guy. Yeah. He's well, there's character actors, and there's like a character actor. He can only play that one character. And that's that's what that's what Michael Rappaport is to me. Mm. Yeah. He's sort of he's sort of grown now from like the 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 young naive version of that character into a sort of older, um, maybe more disillusioned version of that character. It's almost like we see Michael Rappaport's arc of like his actual life in his characters. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. Let me do another one because I've got okay. quite a few to get through here. Um, I watched another documentary uh, called Winnebago Man. Never heard of it. Right. So um, have you ever seen, there's a video, it sort of circulated online. It was in the found footage uh, festival videos and it's sort of a fairly popular viral video about a guy who's, uh, he's making a Winnebago uh, sales advert and it's just like all the bloopers of that. I haven't. How have I missed uh, that? It's fucking hilarious, and basically, it's just him having this meltdown, trying to sell, trying to like make this video about Winnebago's, mm. and um, and that sort of circulated for a long time. And the documentary is about this this one guy who 
got a bit too into it and sort of went to seek him out and he meets him and they become friends uh, and then he sort of introduces him to like his fame um, and it's maybe a little bit exploitative I'd maybe put it not quite on the same level as I think we're alone now but like getting towards that sort of level of ex- exploitation okay um, but it's it's fairly good it's like I've I've sort of been aware of the Winnebago Man or the World's Angriest Man or whatever you want to call him mm-hmm. for the longest time. Like, before the internet was a real big thing, I'm sure I saw it on VHS. And um, so, like, having that sort of longevity behind it, it really, like, getting to know this guy is is it's kind of fun. Um, and I'm sure it would stand up even if you weren't aware of who this guy is, but you, you get to see the video in there as well, so it's it's a lot of fun. Okay, I'll make a note of that. I do like a good documentary. Um, I've got one, two, three, four, five left. So do you want to jump in and do some? Oh, do you want? Um, i <laughs> going to take the piss out of me. I watched Pitch Perfect. I've um, seen some... Right, I've not seen anything about this, but I've seen like some pictures and some like some bits of like snippets of dialogue, and it looks like it's quite pithy and fun. It's not. It's oh. not. Um, all the good stuff is in the trailer. I've not seen the trailer. And but okay. it's basically... Like, I liked the protagonist. She was cool. I can't remember her name. Oh, Anna, Anna Kendrick, I think. Um, she's great. I like her in everything she's been in. I, not what including, else has she been in? I'm not including the Twilight movies in that because I haven't seen them. Um, is, she, is she the, the, the stout girl? The what now? The, 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 the fat one. No... That's, um, shit, what's it, Rebel Wilson. Is it? Yeah. That's a stupid The blonde one. She's Australian, yeah. yeah. Is she Australian? I don't know, I've never seen her in anything. She was in the, um, Juggler episode of Workaholics. Oh, was she? I saw that. (laughs) Figured you would have done. Um, (laughs) yeah, no, I, I don't know, it's like, Glee, but less funny, if that's a thing. Mm. Too much awful singing, and the humour was just so laboured for the most part. I mean, yeah. I mean, I do generally like films like that because I also I'll throw this in there now. I watched Step Up Three and Four last night. Um, I love Step Up Three. Step Up Three is great. Step Up Four, I'm, not so much. Too much yeah, story, I, not enough dancing. Oh no. Yeah. I guess no one was uh, beefab in Step Up Four. They weren't. No. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you know that. <laughs> um, yeah, but I like films like that. Just kind of cheesy, turn your brain off, the good guys prevail sort of movies, preferably when somebody's oh, spoiler dancing. Alert. Oh, come off it. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, but yeah, not so much Pitch Perfect. Yeah, <coughs> I just was not a fan of that. Oh, no. And I went um, into it with kind of the right frame of mind as well. So it's not that I was in the wrong mood; it just sucked. <laughs> so is it is it meant to be like Mean Girls meets Glee meets like Bring It On or something? I guess so. Yeah, I'm not sure that's how I'd describe it, but that fits, I suppose. Mm. But it's not it's not as good as any of those films. Right, Glee's not a film, but okay. Um, <laughs> it's not as good it. as Glee, the TV show, then. And that's I'm not better. a fan of that. So there you go. Okay. Um, there's been a lot of chat bandied around uh, the flat where I live here now, where I'm sat in my onesie <laughs> at the moment. Um, 
about uh, Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Z, and um, so uh, my housemates just started watching it. My flatmates just started watching it. So um, I decided to show him Dragon Ball Evolution. I thought we could watch it together. Okay. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> Does he hate you now? I uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, he sat through Roller Gator, Munchie, all sorts of terrible, terrible, terrible stuff. He was so angry at me for Roller Gator. Like, genuinely wanted to punch me in the face. <laughs> Rightly so. Um, but this was okay. I think it's quite a, quite a fun film for very young kids. Um, it's got a, lot, a good style. It reminded me a little bit visually of the Speed Racer movie, which I love. Okay. But it was mostly shit, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, also, have you seen Southland Tales? No, we did talk about this briefly. It's one that I've owned for about two years and haven't been able mm. to bring myself to watch because all, in all that time, I'd heard more or less nothing about it other than it was um, Richard Kelly's follow-up, well, film, first film after Donnie Darko. Yeah. Um, is he called Richard Kelly? Did I get that right? Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Um, so that piqued my interest. And then I started hearing more and more about it after I'd bought it, and it made me want to watch it less and less and less. And it's so long. It's it's not that long, like two hours and a bit. It's it's long enough. It's too long, but yeah. it's not so long. Okay. Um, I heard it was like three hours. No, it's it's like two hours and change. Does it feel like three hours? Uh, sometimes. It's 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 weird. It's like this weird mash of like interesting ideas, and like he's definitely trying to do something different. I've only just watched it. This is the first time I've seen it. Um, and I thought, maybe I'll be the guy that likes Southland Tales. And I watched it, and it's just its just a big hodgepodge of mess. It's its something cool and interesting, but there's so much, like, laboured, like, difficult to get through bullcrap that it's just, it's a hard watch. But saying that, though, mm -hmm. I want to watch it again. Okay. Because I don't, I didn't understand it. Well, from what I gather, there's not a lot to understand, so I'm not sure I'd waste your time, to be honest. I've heard it's just um, bloated and a bit self-indulgent and pretentious for the sake of it. It definitely is. It stars Kevin Smith. Well, it doesn't star Kevin Smith, but it includes Kevin Smith um, uh, as a character who looks suspiciously like Karl Marx. Okay. Which is a weird thing. Yeah. Um, the cast is amazing. All the, all the, all the, um, the performances are really sort of I don't know. It's like they're not. It's almost like a stage play. Like they're all really sort of showy, over-the-top performances, mm -hmm. um, and it's weird. It's it's a, it's got a really weird feeling to it, um, and I think I enjoyed it, but I don't know why. Hmm. But I can't really get a handle on it because I was so confused. Also, it's got John Lovitz in it. And I love I love John Lovitz. He's one of my favourite things ever. And um, he plays such like completely against type. And it was incredible. That was my favourite part of the film. I think the John Lovitz character. Um, but I don't know if I could ever recommend it. I mean, everyone's everyone who's gonna see it, who cares about it, has probably already seen it. Um, and yeah, whatever. It's Southland Tales. Fair enough. Yeah. Shall I do another one? Mm-hmm. 
haven't really watched, but I haven't seen it for a long time. Um, Pumpkinhead. Stay away from Pumpkinhead unless you're fond of dying. Yeah. No. His enemies are mostly dead, and I don't remember the next line. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I quite like that film. I think it's quite underrated. I don't know about underrated, but it's definitely underseen. Lance Henriksen, man. Awesome. I was talking about Lance Henriksen yesterday and how he's sort of... It's not really a film unless Lance Henriksen's in it. <laughs> Just he's as like a general white, rule. He's like the white Danny Trejo. Like, <laughs> yeah. if, if he's not in it, it's not really, not really there, is it? <laughs> I was trying to explain who he was to, to my housemate. and um, He didn't know? Not, not, not like offhand by his name, I guess. And I guess um, I sort of, the way I categorised him is I, I said that he's in that sort of James Woods class of acting. That sort of long face character actor who appears everywhere. I haven't seen Pumpkinhead in a really long time. Tell me about it. Um, well, what's to tell, really? Um, it's a bunch of kind of... Well, I don't know. I want to say teenagers, but they're clearly not teenagers. Like, 20-something oh, people. They never um, are, are they? No. Like, vacationing in some backwards place. One of them runs over this little specky child on his motorbike, kills him. Grieving father, Lance Henriksen, goes to this witch, tries to, you know, get revenge and summons Pumpkinhead, who's like this vengeance demon. And then people die. Yeah. I, I just really like Pumpkinhead. I think, um, shit, who did it? Was it Stan Winston, or have I made that up? I think it might have been. That sounds familiar. It still looks great, you know. I th did you ever see the sequel that Jake West directed? Um, no, we've talked about this briefly. I haven't. Which one was that? Because uh, there have been a few now, haven't there? It's got some sort of... Uh, Weird subtitle like Annihilation. Ashes to Ashes. Pumpkinhead Three. Yeah. Oh dear. I don't imagine it's very good. No. Oh, I do remember reading about this because Lisa McAllister's in it, and I interviewed her a while back, and we talked about this. And I still right. haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> whoops. Yeah. Don't plan on doing. I haven't seen any of the sequels actually. Are there more than Me three? Me neither. I think there might be just the the two more, and then that's it. Two more and out. Mm, probably for the best. But yeah, I still really like Pumpkinhead. I guess it's because they're so busy making wrong turn sequels that they haven't made anymore. Oh, I can't Pumpkin believe there's a five! I was shocked! I didn't even know! I haven't seen anything beyond the second one. Well, the third one was fucking dire. See, wrong turn two, I actually really amazing. enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, Joe Lynch is the dude. He's, a, he's, he's one of my favourite guys. That isn't Adam Green. <laughs> well, they're kind of a package deal. But you prefer Adam Green? I don't know if I do. Oh, really? <gasps> Controversial like, per words. Personality-wise, um, I like Joe Lynch a lot. Okay. Um, when you guys are, like, down the pub together, you know? We've, we've been down the pub <laughs> together. Uh, but whatever. That's off. <laughs> Right, have you got much more? Um, no, just a couple more now. I've only got um, three more. Do you want to do another one? Oh, yeah, I can do. Um, another one I watched because I was desperately trying to watch more stuff that came out this year for the year-end show. Um, 
ended up watching Sinister. Have you seen that? No. Okay. Um, I didn't go in with massively high hopes, but it was all right. <laughs> I don't know. There were a couple of really, really great scares in it. There's one um, involving a lawnmower that I'm not going to spoil too much, but it's just really, really awesome scare. And I was watching it with Matt, and he missed it the first time, so we rewound it, watched it again, and it got me the second time again. It was really well done. Um, mostly, like the acting is okay. I'm not a fan is it of Ethan, Ethan Hawke. Hawk? Yeah, I'm not yeah. a fan of him or his facial hair generally. I thought Ethan Hawke was called Ethan Hunt for so long. <laughs> <laughs> nope, he's fictional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's not a bad film. It goes a bit out of left field at the end, kind of ruins it. Um, there's some creepy kids that they tried a little bit too hard to make look creepy, and it has right. an adverse effect. Um, but it's all right. It's worth a watch, I think. The music Excellent. in it I thought was really great. I bet it has good sound design. To, to make like a it scary does, film, yeah. like a scary uh, cinema film, you've got to have great sound design. Yeah, yeah, that was something I really enjoyed about it. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't rush to see it, but it's worth a watch, for sure. Excellent. Um, another documentary that I saw was called Cropsy, mm. um, which is a documentary I, of... Go on. I have that somewhere. I got sent a screener of that, and I still haven't watched it. It's really good, um, like a really well-made documentary, um, sort of explaining, maybe partially explaining um, this the urban legend, the Staten Island urban legend of Cropsey, mm -hmm. um, and sort of dealing with the the guys, well, the, the people who made it, um, their sort of interest in the urban legend as they were when they were kids, and then like. Whether there's there's, there's um, some basically the the legend, if you're not familiar with it, is that there's this weird guy called Cropsey, and if you go into certain areas, he'll get you. Um, he sort of abducts abducts kids, mm -hmm. and then um, in reality, these kids start disappearing, um, and they they sort of all disappear around this disused um, asylum, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, and it sort of goes into that and um, the guy who gets convicted for these abductions was the caretaker of the asylum. Yeah. And um, when the asylum closed, lots of the, the workers and inmates who, who got displaced all start living below the asylum. Okay. And there's this whole like community of um, people who used to live in this asylum and now have nowhere to go sort of living underneath in the sort of tunnels below it mm -hmm. which is a really fucking scary thing if you think about it yeah that's that's a pretty terrifying notion um and they it's it it goes into whether this guy's guilty or innocent and it discusses some of the theories and whether he was sort of similar to the west memphis three sort of tried just for being a creepy guy um and that that certainly seems to be the case that he was, that he was sort of the creepiest guy around, and they thought, well, he'll do. But I mean, you, you never know. It's it's worth watching as a documentary. I like okay. it. Cool. Um, another one that I watched, I watched Brain Dead from 1990, which I'd never seen before. Okay. Which is a sort of Roger Corman. Uh, it's like David Lynch light. It's got Bill Pullman and Bill Pax 
Phil Paxton in it. We're both guys that I like a lot. All the bills. Yeah. Um, it's it's good. It's this guy, Bill Pullman plays a brain surgeon who seems to have these sort of varying uh, surreal encounters and everything appears to be a dream uh, and it sort of gets deeper and deeper into like his broken psyche and all sorts of broken stuff and uh, it's good it's pretty it's like it's fairly linear for a for a surrealist film or a film with so many surreal elements but but it's it's got loads of charm and I mean, Bill Pullman can always pull off that stuff. Uh, and, like, he's just a charming, like, leading man, I think. Mm-hmm. Sort of a weird leading man, but he works. And Bill Paxton can always be the sort of creepy, overly uh, overly friendly, like, friend guy. <laughs> that overly I mean? friendly friend guy. The, like, the sort of creepy, like, he's so overly friendly that it's creepy. Yeah. No, I know um, people like that. That's, yeah. I understand. <laughs> um, so, brain dead, that worked. Uh, go on, give us some more. Um, last one of mine. <coughs> and That's I'm good, I've got one left as well. Ashamed to say I hadn't seen it until now. Um, but I finally got around to watching Harry Brown. Oh, nice. Yeah, really great film. Well, I liked it a lot. I mean, it's... It's infuriating. <laughs> um, and obviously, perhaps a little bit... Well, no, perhaps a little bit sensationalised. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, Michael Caine is outstanding in it. Just, well, that's a given, obviously. That's a given. Yeah, it is um, a given. <laughs> but, yeah, he just, he was amazing. Like, if if for no other reason worth watching for him alone, yeah. I would say. Yeah, really, really great film. It reminds, me. Um, Harry Brown reminds me a lot of, like, the sort of action films that you might get in the sort of late 70s, early 80s. Like, I can imagine it with, like, Joe Don Baker in the lead role or someone like that. Um, but obviously it wouldn't be in London then. No. It's very much <laughs> the sort of, um, what's the fucking film that Joe Don Baker was in? Uh, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> Pretty Walking sure Tall. that wasn't it. Walking Tall. Okay. Like, um, vigilante movies now are very sort of scarce, I guess. Um, yeah, they they had their little boom, didn't they, in the seventies, and then yeah, not really had such a resurgence. Yeah, I don't know if any American listeners will have seen Harry Brown, but I would if you're into like um, sort of gritty but fairly low key action films, it's definitely worth a watch. That opening bit where the kids are driving around on the bike and they shoot a child in the fucking head. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. But it sets it up really, really well. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit... Well, it's very over the top. Yeah. Well, that, this um, is what I mean by sensationalised. It's not, like, indicative of what happens on every street corner in London, for fuck's sake. But I think... I, I hope people will be sensible enough to know that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Sh- shades of Gran Torino in there, maybe. Yeah, I see that. Um, but with a... Well, there's that whole... Potentially um, more satisfying outcome. Yeah. There's that whole sort of um, thing at the moment, well, like at that time, it was about four years ago, wasn't it, where it was like old people being badass. Yeah. Vigilante pensioners. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, with like Taken and all that stuff. Oh, obviously, Liam Neeson's not that old, but how old is he? How old is he? Um, I don't know. Got to be getting on a bit. I think it might be like fifty-five. Okay. Speaking of Liam Neeson, I've been playing Fallout Three again. Have you? Yeah, You're I started a bit obsessed again. Obsessed with that game, aren't you? I fucking love it. <laughs> I'm thinking about starting a podcast dedicated solely to Fallout. <laughs> Um, I just love it so much. Fair dues. But that's by the by. Uh, yeah. Um, what were we talking about? What was your Harry last Brown. film? Oh, my last film. Um, it was a fairly dry documentary called For the Love of Movies, The Story of American Film Criticism. Okay. Uh, it was pretty sort of clinical. Um, interviews everyone that you would expect. Uh, and basically tells a story of American film criticism in a neat one hour, 25 minute chunk. Um, but doesn't really do much more than that. That's about it, really. Um, Scott Weinberg, who's one of my favourite critics, I guess. He does a lot of cool stuff. Um, he's only in it for a few little bits, but he comes off really good, like a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah, it's just a fairly dry documentary, so whatever. Cool, okay. Yeah, so let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll discuss student bodies. Yeah, I need a break now. It felt like that went on forever. Yeah, it did go on for a while, didn't it? <laughs> right, we're back after this uh, with more talking. More stuff. Yeah, bye. If you fancy dropping us a line at the Gore Press Gorecast, there's a number of different ways you can do that. Um, you can send all your competition entries, feedback and comments to podcast at gorepress.com. If you're on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com slash gorecast. Or if you're on Twitter, you can follow us at gorecastx. Good evening, folks. Do you enjoy action and adventure? Romance and comedy? How about long strolls on the beach and a fine champagne by moonlight? Do you like pina coladas? And getting caught in the rain? Or would you rather listen to some in-depth conversation about film where many timely and poignant observations and witticisms are made? Mo here from the Drunk on VHS podcast. And if you like any of those things, then I have some bad news for you. Drunk on VHS has none of these. But you should listen anyway. Because I asked him nicely and said, please, oh wait, please, tune in every Wednesday for new episodes exclusively at CouchCutter.com. Bring the fire. Bring your friend. Hello, it's me, the heavy breather from every horror film you've ever seen. You know me, first I terrorize my victim by the telephone. Then I choose my murder weapon. A gun? Nah, too easy. A hatchet? Nah, I always use a hatchet. For this movie, I want something... Very frightening and deadly. Ah. Then I climb the stairs to surprise my victims. Why do they always live upstairs? This movie's a comedy, so killing's not so easy. Sugarless. 
The movie's called Student Bodies, so I picked a typical American high school. This is Mr. Peters, your principal. Mr. Peters! You're naked! Yes, Toby. All these years I've been secretly naked underneath my clothes. Meet the rest of the faculty. The shop teacher, the guidance counselor, the janitor with the IQ of a handball. What's he doing? Sex education teacher. This is totally unnecessary, ugly, and gets in the way. Your mother? She also told me that sex was bad and dirty, uh, but only with my father. With everyone else, she said it was great. <laughs> I'm into murder myself, and student bodies are going to be everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Dead bodies downfield. Fifteen yard penalty. See student bodies. A killer comedy. And we're back and we're talking uh, student bodies. 1981 spoof. Uh, directed by... Who's it directed by? Could be uh, anyone, Mickey couldn't it? Mickey Rose. Um... He didn't actually direct it, though. I think his name was bunged on there because of the writer's strike. Okay. Uh, and Michael Ritchie actually directed it. Um, or there was some sort of strike. Uh, Michael Ritchie directed it. Uh, and he also produced it, uh, which is why it's got an Alan Smithy credit, from what I gather. Okay. And he directed some of my favourites, um, Fletch, which I love. Uh, Fletch Lives, which I like, but it's not very good. <laughs> um, basically, a load of Chevy Chase films. Bad News Bears, that's in there. Uh, a load of other stuff. Go on, give us a synopsis, Sarah. Do it. Do it um, now. Okay, doke. The synopsis on the back of my DVD is This killer comedy is the original teen parody horror film taken to the extreme. The screams are as frequent as the laughs as a crazed, heavy breathing murderer terrorizes Lamad High with a series of mysterious deaths. Everyone is a suspect, and no one is safe from the hilarious twists and turns as Breather terrorises and kills sex-starved couples. When the body count rises, one student attempts to solve the mystery and instead finds herself a suspect. Does she survive or become another victim? It's anyone's guess in this satirical romp of horror. In that, that, that about sums it up, doesn't it? We're, I think we're done here. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so what do you think? You're going to well, give it a score? <laughs> um... I think that this goes to show that, like, no successful genre can go unspoofed. Like, you can't not, you can't ignore, like, the, the success of, of um, these types of slashers in the, in the time when this was made. It was made in 1981. Mm -hmm. um, you just can't, you can't avoid it. And so, I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think for the most part, it's quite a good film. Okay, what do you say for the most part? Because, right, it starts off quite strong and it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about half an hour, 35, 40 minutes, I'm bored. It does, there is a definite lull, isn't there? Yeah, but the ending pulls it back and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I don't really know what to say about it. It's 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 cool and interesting that like, I mean, 
they were making jokes here in 1981 that would be that would be made again in Scary Movie in what 98, 99, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing that bugs me the most about this, in that it's always. I mean, even on the front of the DVD, it says before there was Scream, there was Student yeah. Bodies. It's not a Scream. It's a scary movie. It's 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 the top secret and the airplane of horror. Yeah. It's not the, It's not a Scream at all. That's a really well, shit I mean, comparison. It's got it's got some elements of screaming though because it picks up on some of those things that um, like some of those tropes like way before anyone else way before like um, academics were writing about it. They did. I mean, I was surprised that this was from 1981 to be honest because they did kind of they got the jump on it pretty early. They definitely did. Because I mean, the the slasher genre hadn't even. Well, I mean, th- there'd been a few fairly prominent ones by then, obviously, like yeah, Black Christmas, Halloween, and then obviously there was a bunch of stuff that came out in 1980-81. Yeah. But they still were quite on the ball with it, I think. They definitely were. I don't know and if like I'd I go said, as they... far as to say it was ahead of its time or anything, but I mean... I, th- I think it definitely was ahead of its time. You reckon? Yeah. Okay. Well, like, it picks up on all that stuff that, like... The the sort of the stuff that would become slasher film dialogue, yeah, um, and like the the fodder for people to sort of spoof and make it sort of postmodern, like way way later. It picked up on that right at the beginning, like right when it was just first coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might not be the first, like the writer might not be the first person who ever thought of that or ever sort of noticed it. But they definitely, are, I mean, to my knowledge, they're the first person who documented it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, uh, dispute, I guess, as to whether this... Because it, it claims that it's the world's first horror movie. It says that on the front cover as well. World's first horror comedy. Um, yeah. <laughs> that makes way more sense than what I just said. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. But a lot of... If it, was the, if it was the first horror movie ever, it'd be a pretty terrible spoof. <laughs> That's true. Or it'd be, it'd be definitely way ahead of its time. This is true. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, I haven't even had a drink yet. Shit. Um, maybe I should have done. It's like twelve o'clock. <laughs> it's nearly one. It's p.m. Oh, sorry. Face. It's Christmas. You've only had a bottle of wine by now, haven't you? <laughs> At this time of year, yeah. Um, <laughs> being good, holding off. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of dispute about um whether or not it actually was the first horror comedy. I mean, I don't imagine that it was. No. I mean, there was like... I can't think of anything else. I can't name anything else. Carry On Screaming. Um, oh, yes. The <laughs> Fearless Vampire Hunters, or Pardon Me, But Your Teeth Are In My Neck, whatever it's called. I mean, there's loads of like... There was Hammer horror comedies. There was there was loads of horror comedies. Or comedies that... I mean, to call this a horror comedy is not really fitting, I don't think. I mean, you may be, um, if, to just call it a horror comedy, you may be underselling it a little bit. Yeah, it's a, it's a comedy that uses horror to make the jokes, I think. That doesn't make it a horror comedy. Like, Reanimator is, or Evil Dead 2, is a comedy where the horror is the comedy. Yeah. And that's, that's what I think defines a horror comedy. Like, making a horror film that isn't... Well, making a film that uses horror ideas and tropes... And then, like, subverting it with comedy doesn't really make it a horror comedy to me. It makes it a, a comedy horror, if anything. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, 
the sort of bullshit semantic argument that I get into my in, into in, oh fuck this sort of the sort of bullshit semantic argument that I get into in my own head quite a lot. Okay, you argue that with yourself. Well, yeah, like whether uh, that's even a valid thing, like a horror comedy and a comedy horror, whether they are a different thing. Um, uh, that but is, it's definitely that a comedy is a first and foremost. Argument. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, this is this is how we do it. That's how you do it. Yeah, well, definitely. <laughs> um, like it doesn't. Right, let me break it down some more. Like to to be a horror comedy, it's got to function as a horror film, and it doesn't. This is true. There's there's like no blood in it. Maybe a it's little true. bit. There's 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 a jump scare that gets me every time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen this maybe five or six times since maybe I was fifteen, sixteen, and um, there's a jump scare that's got me every single time uh, okay. right at the very end. And that's about it. That's that's it for the scary stuff. That surprises me. Why did you not? Did you not? Did it not get you? No. I mean, it's obvious. And like, I think the 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 the, the reason it gets me is because I'm waiting for it. I Even guess like, so. if I hadn't seen the film, like, it's like, oh, this is gonna happen. This is gonna happen. When's it gonna? Oh shit, it happened. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yeah, I can see that. Um. Visually, it's very similar to the films uh, that it's spoofing. Absolutely. Which, which is, I don't know if it's just a product of the time or if it's like a, a conscious decision that they made to, to sort of echo the visual style of the films that they're, they're spoofing, uh, which is normally what a lot of good spoofs do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, it could just be that it was shot for a similar budget at the same time and therefore is sort of a a victim of circumstance. I guess so. I don't think it's to the film's detriment. No, definitely it looks not. the way it does. Um, so um, there's some jokes. There's, well, there's lots of jokes. It's <laughs> sort of prescribed to the airplane uh, joke a minute. If you don't like one, there'll be another one along anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are, some, there are some great, like there's some big laughs in this film. Yeah. This it's quite hit or miss. Well, yeah, definitely. But there are some great one-liners. Yeah, I like the. Um, I think one of my favourites is "You can't wash away herpes." <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty quotable. Yeah. Like I can imagine, and, uh, I can imagine there being quite a cult fan base surrounding this film. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So Thank here's you the thing for your that, input. Here's the thing that I, that I sort of picked up on, and I was wondering, I wanted to get your opinion on it. Okay. Um, I think the film's fairly dubious when it comes to, like, gender uh, and, like, gender politics and stuff like that. So I wanted to ask you, are they being sexist in the film? Because there, there are a lot of, like, misogynistic moments. Uh... Um, are they being sexist or are they commenting on the genre's sort of collective misogyny? Potentially. I mean, cite an example. Um, Well, there's the whole um, shower room, uh, locker room bit. Mm -hmm. There's basically all the girls are being coerced into having sex and they don't want to initially. Mm -hmm. Um, There's 
there's the the prom queeny stuff where if the girl can't be the most beautiful girl, she's going to be the most ugly. All that stuff. I think that's all sits... very intentionally taking the piss out of those kind of characters. Obviously. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. I don't know. That's a tough one. I don't think it's sexist. No. I think I I, I agreed with you until. Um until the sort of same thing happened with the racism. Um, okay. And then and then I was left a bit sort of unsure. So that's why I wanted to get your opinion. Because obviously there's there's a really racist s- section, I guess, where someone gets, like, a, a girl who's about to have sex with a black guy gets killed with an eggplant. Mm-hmm. Which is obviously fairly <laughs> sexy, uh, racist. <laughs> so... Um, a little bit. Like I was, I was sort of th- thinking to myself, well, yeah, this is kind of like they're commenting on this, and then, and then that happened, and I was like, well, that's just offensive. Um, and so I, yeah. I wanted to get your opinion, really, but okay. intentionally so, though. I don't. I mean, I don't know that they're making any kind of point, but I mean, is that post their little silly R rating cutaway? Yes, yeah, it's, it's all after that. Yeah. So you know, I don't think it's intentionally meant to offend the people they're taking the piss out of. I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough call to make. Yeah. I just think the idea of someone getting killed with an eggplant is a bit over the top offensive time. Well, yeah, but this is, it strikes me as a film that doesn't give a shit. So yeah, that's true. Uh, you've got your janitor played by what, what I can only assume is like Mark Borchardt's dad. <laughs> Malvert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was great. <laughs> he was great. <laughs> he was a highlight. Apparently he, he, any... apparently he died in the late 80s. Sad times. Oh, yeah. That's a shame. The, what's his name? The Stick. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a stand-up <laughs> comedian. Yeah. Trivia, a stand-up comedian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is that really class as trivia? I don't think so. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where else to go with this. Um, a lot of the jokes, like we said, are terrible. There are a few that really get me. Um, one of them that I really liked, I'm a, I'm a sucker for recurring gags. Okay, the horse head uh, things thing. Nice. I mean, that was okay. I liked, uh, that's, that's a, a silly thing. Incredibly. But I liked it. But the, the, the recurring joke that I liked a lot was every time someone picked up the phone, the breather was there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that just that just made me laugh every single time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel about the ending? Um, I like the ending a lot. I think the ending... If the, if, the, if the ending was any different, I probably would have just lost interest at, like, 40 minutes and then just, like given up on the film but like it totally claws it back it really does pull it back hilariously yeah like it all goes a bit surreal like it it's it's similar to the was it slaughter high where the the ending is essentially the same um yeah yeah with the zombies and the other stuff Mm -hmm. um it's similar it's similar it's, it's, yeah, pretty similar. Um, but it's funny. 
Yeah. And when she wakes up, oh, I don't, I don't. Can you spoil this? It's not really. It's a spoof. If you've seen another slasher film, then you know how it's going to end. Yeah. But when she wakes up and she's like, and it's sort of the Wizard of Oz ending. <laughs> And she's like, in my dream, you weren't even my French teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I will always be your French teacher. <laughs> oh, so funny. I so this, funny. I figured this whole thing would appeal to your sense of humour in general. Oh, I loved it. The ending was just great. Like like I say, the middle sort of lost me and the jokes got less funny. Mm-hmm. It went on to a bit sort of fairly shaky ground. I mean, there were still funny bits in the middle, but for the most part, it lost me. Yeah. But it whipped it back for the ending and it was great I loved it Um, mm. I get the impression that they didn't really have I think they wrote like a list of jokes and then constructed a thin plot around it <laughs> like these are some horror <laughs> things we've noticed here's how we can make jokes about them let's sort of weave that weave a story around that that would make a lot of sense yeah Um. I just don't know if the the sort of jokes first plot later thing works for me on a on a on a level of like it's a film. Do you know what I mean? But I mean in the in context though, how much of a plot did it really need, given what it was parodying? It's true. It had enough of a plot. Yeah, I agree. Okay, um, so final thoughts. Sure. Uh, final thoughts. It's it's well made. I think it is ahead of its time. Yeah. Um. It's it's cleverly written. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, that was a good sentence. Yeah. <laughs> like it's 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 smart people writing stupid things. Yeah, definitely. Um. And that, for the most part, that comes off quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does sort of lose itself in the middle, as I've said like five times now. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, yeah. If I was to rate it out of 10, I'd probably go as high as a 6.5. Okay, that's reasonably high. Yeah. What about you? Um, I don't know, really. This was a first watch for me. We didn't right. really talk about that. Um. I think, I don't know, it's it's difficult to view a film like this on first watch in 2012. Oh, definitely. Because if I'd, if I'd <clears throat> been like the age I am now when this had come out, I'd have fucking loved it. I'd have been all over that. But it's it does, it's dated. How can it not be? And because of everything that's come since that I'd seen before, it's difficult to take it as a standalone film without comparing it to everything else. Yeah. Of the same ilk. One um, thing it does do, sorry to interrupt. One no, thing it on. does do is that it doesn't it doesn't do what the scary movie sequels do do, and like a lot of other um, spoofs do, and like date itself with like cultural references. It doesn't, which is a definite plus point. Definitely is. Um, um, I just wanted to yeah. interject with that, but carry on. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I agree with what you said, to be honest. Um, like I said earlier, I'm not sure I would go quite as far as to say it was ahead of its time, but it was definitely, if not the first, one of the first movies to do what it did in the way it did. Yeah. Um, 
and it did it really well. Um, I also agree that there was a definite lull in the middle. Um, I did find myself getting a little bit bored, perhaps. But again, like I you think said, I was a lot bored. Yeah, but again, like you said, it pulled it. Well, it just got a bit repetitive. <coughs> yeah. Like the the middle kind of half an hour got very repetitive, but then, like you say, they did pull it back. It got much more interesting, and the ending think, was great. Yeah, I think what they what they what they did, and this is something that I bitch about a lot. Mm -hmm. But what they did is that they front loaded too many kills into the first half. Yeah. Like too much good stuff into the first half and didn't like temper it out throughout. Yeah. The pacing um, is definitely off. Yeah. Um, but, like, I normally bitch about the opposite of that, don't I? You do. <laughs> There's not enough stuff going on in the first half, but whatever. <laughs> That's true. Um, it was, like, the opposite of Prom Night, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's a good film. It's a good film, and it's a funny film, and there's a lot of quotable one-liners in there. I think it would stand up to repeat viewings. Yeah. Um, All these years I've been secretly naked under my clothes. <laughs> Yeah, I think it'd be a great film to watch with friends, like-minded friends. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd go as high as a six and a half, maybe a six. I can, I can, I can live with that. I think that's fair. But again, if I sort of, if it was thirty years ago, I'd probably have gone much higher. Well, I mean, if it was thirty years ago, like like you say, you wouldn't have seen like these jokes are dated because. The whole thing's dated, but I think, like, seeing it, especially seeing it in the context of this month, where we've essentially watched three of the films that it's spoofing, mm -hmm. um, I think it sits maybe better than if you ju just watched it, like, four months ago, without having just watched, um, like, three very early 80s slashers. That's true. I think it was a nice one to end the month on, regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was thinking for, like, the sake of writing that we should have just ended on graduation day because that would make sense because then you graduate from high school. But uh, in but terms of, like... the parody would come after that. <laughs> it's true. But, yeah, in terms of, like, um, rounding out the month nicely, I think it worked well. Yeah, definitely. Like, if, if we'd have watched it first, it definitely... I don't think it would have worked on the same level. No. No, you're right. You're right. So, yeah, six um, from me. Excellent. So that's uh, that's the end of high school horror month. Yeah, it's been a did you enjoy? Bag. Did you enjoy going back to high school, Sarah? Mm, about as much as I did when I was at high school. Well, that's not very much at all. <laughs> no, it was all right. There were highs and lows. What what was your high school career like? My high school career. That's what they call it. Yeah. Is it? What was it like when you were in high school? What were you like? Um, like I am now. Basically, except I look looked more like Daria. Yeah, like a curly Daria. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have school, changed. High, high school was weird for me. How so? Well, like I was, um, I was like one of the the few alternative kids in my school. Um, and it was it was really strange because I had to sort of balance this almost like double life because in school I was the nerd, the freak, the uh, the whatever kid mm -hmm. but outside of school like in all the, the alternative circles I was really popular and so it was a weird like dual life where in one place I was 
the the complete outcast, and then in another place, I was like the center of everything. And that's a weird a weird thing for a young mind. Mm, like being a spy, but not nearly as interesting. Yeah, like being a goth spy. <laughs> so what were the terms that were bandied about at your school? We had um, um, Mosher, Grebo, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of that. I was gay because I had long hair. That's oh, the criteria of, of being gay. It is. Is it not? Have I been misled all this time? <laughs> <laughs> Crap. Yeah, oh. so there was that. Um, we used to get, like, the the... The, the bullies who would maybe go into a bit more research used to say quite amusing um, like slurs towards me, which was, uh, what do you eat for breakfast? Cornflakes and stuff like that, which I thought was quite amusing. Oh, they How do you tie your shoelaces in a slipknot? Stuff like that. You had a better calibre of bully <laughs> at your school. We didn't get any of that. Oh, no. Damn it. Yeah. I didn't think anything through at my school. <laughs> oh, well. But hey, high school made me the person I am now, I guess. Or the fact that I got, I got given uh, about about a month off uh, towards the centre of year ten, and so I used to just go to college and hang out in the common room with all the older kids, <laughs> and um, that's essentially what made me the lazy fucking layabout that I am now. Yeah. Tell a fifteen-year-old kid that he doesn't have to go to school. What the fuck? <laughs> Stupid thing to do, isn't it? Very incredibly stupid, yeah. Um, and that's why I'm so fucking lazy now. I blame it all on medicine and science and doctors and stuff. <laughs> and not on my own general malaise. <laughs> I like your style. Yeah. So that's High School Horror Month, I guess. It is. Um, have we got anything that we need to talk about before we talk about what's coming next month? Yes. Um, should we announce what's happening next month, or should we maybe hold back? Um, we can talk about it tentatively, I guess. Yeah. Just in case it goes tits up, as yeah. so often happens at Gorecast Towers. <laughs> the Gorecastle. <laughs> oh, yours is way better. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah. No, the only the, the only thing I really wanted to mention is that. Um, Gore Press's very own Dave Scullion has written a short film um, and it has been taken up by a company called Bloody Cuts who I wasn't really very familiar with before but you can find them at bloodycuts.co.uk um, and they are doing I think their plan was to do 13 short films almost an anthology mm. so 13 separate short films and they are up to episode 8 which is going to be Dave's one, um, and they're trying to get funding for that at the moment on Kickstarter. Do they Kickstarter for all of them? Is that how it works? I imagine so, yeah. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, because like I say, I wasn't very familiar with it before, like, last week. Yeah. Um, but I assume so, yeah. They Their goal is two and a half grand, um, and they're past the one and a half grand mark already, with 17 days to go, so go and pledge some money, support some UK horror. Um the web address is really long. Can I give the project number? Will that work? Uh, sure. Like, if you just tell people to Google it, I'm sure they'll find it. Or find it through the Bloody Cuts website. That's a I'm... good point, actually. The project, well, the film is going to be called Don't Move. And it's the eighth short film from Bloody Cuts. So I'm sure you can find the link on their website. Excellent. Yeah. 
what's happening with um with Scully's uh graphic novel thing? Um, that's still going ahead. The competition that he won. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's still pressing ahead, but it won't be till next year, I'd imagine. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the twenty fourth of December, so. I, well, I mean, like, <laughs> way into next year. I mean. Right. Yeah. So that's that'll be um, cool. There's a lot yeah. going on in the world of Scullion at the moment. He's a very busy man. He is. It means the site's dead because he's our, he's our go-to guy. <laughs> he was very prolific and now there's nothing. We apologise. Yeah. yeah, need to get on Maybe that. we should take on some new writers as well. Maybe. Or just badger the existing ones to start yeah. writing some stuff. Maybe. No, no new, yeah. one, new ones is easier, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. If we, get, if we get new ones and there's no expectations, they'll be like, well, they badger everyone, so they must be badgering us. Yeah, that's true. And then we just don't have to badger the people that we've already got. Yeah. Okay. We probably shouldn't have talked about this on air. But it's then again, late. I can't imagine anybody else who works for GorePress actually listens to the uh, podcast. I mean, the hearers talk enough, don't they? True. Um, so, next month, what's the plan? Well, um, at the moment... The plan is to well, it was initially our plan for December. Yeah. But we weren't organised enough. December's such a busy month as well. It's it's hard I to like know, yeah. corral people from other places to like do stuff with us. Yeah. Um so yeah, we're hoping to do a guest picks month, basically. Yeah. Where we have four different guests, one each week, um, and we review a film of their choice. Yes. Simple as that. Um, we've got some great guests lined up. I'm not going to uh, divulge who they are at this point. Don't blow our load too early. Definitely not. But there's some great guests from um, from the world of filmmaking and uh, other podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't wait to sit down and talk with some of them. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, with all of them, but I can't wait to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um but there are five weeks in January, so hopefully one of those weeks will be the year-end show as well. Fingers crossed. It's a bit late, so we should probably apologise for that, but it's been logistically problematic at this end. Well, yeah, like as much as, much as it was difficult to corral um, other guests into coming on the show to, uh, to do stuff in November, uh, December, sorry, that it was... More almost, <laughs> almost more difficult, yeah, to, to to get people who already work with us to do it. Just because, like, the Christmas and New Year is so busy for everyone. Yeah, and they're flaky, I mean, unreliable bastards as well. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, that'll be happening probably yeah. at the end of January. So, yeah. Stay tuned. Have a fucking Merry Christmas, all y'all. Yeah. This is coming at you on Christmas Day. Um, so, obviously, pause the Queen's speech, put down the Christmas dinner. It's time to listen to the fucking Gorecast, obviously. Pause the Queen's speech? No, what? listen to this instead of the Queen's speech. Screw that, cow. I think that's treason. I think you just committed <laughs> treason. Bring it on. You can get, like, stoned for that. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds accurate. I don't know what the what the punishment for treason is. I'm pretty sure Maybe it's called they, stoning. Like, put your head on a pike at uh, London Dungeon or Big Ben or something. Probably. Not Big Ben. What's it called? Where's the crown jewels? <laughs> Tower of London. That's the fuck. 
Right. Yes. Let's, let's... let's all go to shit. <laughs> let's wrap um, this before... up. I need a drink Bef- now. Oh, hang on, hang on. I need to pick a song. Oh, God. Um, before I go as well, I want to give a big shout out to Bill, who's re- um, from OTC, who's uh, in hospital or recovering from his his um, back operation. I think he had a herniated disc and they went to get it all fixed. So there's that. Uh, I don't know what song I'm going to play. Let's just go and we'll figure it out later. Bye everyone, Merry Christmas. Uh, We'll see you in the new year. Stay fucking spooky.